Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. you heard about the little boy that went to Sunday school. He went to Sunday school and he was there. The teacher started talking about uh, Adam. How that Adam, when he was born, God created him out of the dust. And that how God told Adam that when he died, that he would return to the dust. And this just fascinated the little boy. I mean, he just really fascinated him. And so uh, he went home that day and his mom got ready for dinner. She couldn't find him. So she started calling for him. And and so he answered from his bedroom, and she went to his bedroom, and he was under the bed. And she come out, and he, she said, honey, what are you doing? He, he come out from under the bed, and he had taken his hands and just done like that and gathered some dust in his hands. And he said, mom, I'm trying to figure out, are these people coming or going? <laughs> yeah. Some of you are going to wake up tonight and laugh about that, but yes. Uh, so that's sort of the way that it is. Well, today I want to... I wanna, uh, you know, tell you, talk to you about uh, this topic of dust. I sent you an email. I don't know if you read Wednesday's email or not that I sent you, but it was pretty uh, gross about dust. So if you didn't, you might want to check that out. But today I want to talk to you about dust because Jesus picks up this topic of dust. Matter of fact, look what he says. And it says in Matthew, Jesus was telling his disciples to go out and talk about him. But look what he said. He says, any city or home that doesn't welcome you, let's read what's underlined together. Ready? Everybody in the upper room, too. Let's read it. You ready? Come on. Shake off the dust. Shake off the dust of that place from your feet as you leave. Shake off the dust. And, and let me tell you, so if we're calling this series Tweetable Jesus because this is one of those lines, if Jesus was having Twitter, he would tweet it. Shake off the dust. Shake off the dust. Matter of fact, uh, you see, Jesus was cool before Taylor Swift was cool. Amen. That's right. Amen. You know, Taylor Swift said, you know what, you got a player going to play, 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 play. Got a hater going to hate, 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 hate. So shake it off, shake it off, shake it off, right? <laughs> what do you think she got that? She must have read the Bible. Jesus said that, right? That's right. Shake off the dust. And that's exactly what we want to do today. We want to learn how to do this. You know, how do you do this? How do you get past your past? How do you shake off the dust? Well, there's three things I want to share with you today. And that is this. You ready? So I have this. What kind of dust do we need to shake off? There's three things. The first one, would you write this down? Is regrets. We need to shake off regrets. Now, as you do that, as you look at that, write that down. What is that? That's things that I have done that I wish I had not done. Okay. Anybody in this room and anybody in the upper room that has done some things you wish you had done, raise your hand. Okay. Yes. That's all of us. Don't you wish you had the undo button on your life? One of my favorite buttons on my computer is the undo button. I love it. But see, let me just say this to you. You know, just because you made a mistake doesn't mean you are a mistake. Did you hear that? Just because you made a mistake doesn't mean that you are a mistake. As my, my friend Brandon Keller here says this, he says, you know, it's okay to have a past, just don't let your past have you. Amen? Amen? And so today we're going to shake off the dust. Let's say those four words together. You ready? Come on. Shake off the dust. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to shake off the dust today. 
Number three is, or number two is this, is actually remorse. Remorse. Remorse is something that we, uh, we all struggle with because we get this picture in our mind of how things are supposed to be and are going to be. Yes, you know, like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe as a child, you know, you pictured your family being together forever, your mom and dad being loving, and all of a sudden divorce happened, and it broke that picture, right? Maybe, maybe you were dating that guy or that girl, and, and you had this picture in your mind how the future was going to be, but all of a sudden something, or the breakup, and it broke that picture. Or maybe, you know, you started that new job, and you just had this picture of how things were going to be, and then all of a sudden something happened, and it broke that picture. And so what I want to tell you is this, is that remorse happens when our dreams crash. Amen? Amen. Maybe, maybe your parent did something wrong, or, or maybe your child did something wrong, the picture of their future, and it broke that picture, and it causes us to be remorseful. We, we actually hurt inside. And the third thing I would say this is that we have to move on from or shake off the dust from is this. It's called resentment. Would you write this down? Resentment. Oh, boy. You better write this one down in bold letters. Resentment. You know, resentment comes when we're fixated on another person that hurt us. In other words, every time we, we say, you know, one guy told me, he said, you know, I'm over that. He said, you know, he said, my family, when my parents died, my sister took all the inheritance, but I'm over that. But every time I talk to this person, about every third time they bring that up, they're not over it, Amen. right? And so resentment, resentment, I would say this, is, uh, is when we want to get even with someone or we want bad things to happen to them. And let me just tell you this in passing. You can never, if you're trying to get even, you'll never get ahead. Amen. Boy, that, that's good right there. If you're trying to get even, you'll never get ahead. Amen. And so what I want to share with you is, is this, is that, you know, is that when we, when we let the people of our past dictate our feelings, guess who it hurts? It hurts the people in our present that we're trying to love. And so we have to move on from resentment. Everybody say our four-letter, our, not our four-letter word. Our four words, you ready? Come on, let's say it. Shake it off. You ready? Come on. Shake off the dust. Shake off the dust. That's exactly right. And so my question to you today is, uh, who, who's paying for the price of your, pert ha uh, your past hurt? Who's paying the price for your past hurt? That's a question that you, you and I need to ask. So here's what I want to tell you, is that we're going to get rid of the dust, get rid of the baggage today, and there's three ways that we're going to do that. So I want, are you ready to know how to do it now? Are you ready? All you in the upper room, you ready? All right, so this is what we're going to do. Here it is, you ready? How to shake off the dust. Here we go. The first thing is this, number one, is recognize, recognize the dust you are carrying. You've got to realize that I've got some dust on me. It's on me. I've got to get this off of me. And all of us have to recognize it. And I would say this. You know, you can't shake off the dust that you're carrying if you don't recognize it. It's only when you're willing to recognize and admit it can you only change. Now, look what the Bible says here. In 2 Corinthians, it says this in verse 13. What's those first two words? Let's read them out loud. You ready? Come on. Examine Okay. See, I know you thought that said examine your mom or dad. Maybe, maybe you thought it said examine your brother or sister or examine your husband or wife or examine your best BFF, you know, exa examine anybody but me, right? Amen. Amen. No, no, no. He says examine who? Yourself. yourself. That's right. Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. And then what's those last two words? Yes. Test yourself. That's right. You see, one of the best ways to examine you, because I, I don't like to examine me and you don't like to examine you. So you know what? I mean, like, 
Believe it or not, I still have to look in the mirror even though I don't have any hair. I know some of you think, man, that must be getting ready is easy, right? Well, I still have to shave the whiskers on my face, you know, and look in the mirror. So I examine myself that way, and, but, you know, the way that I need to examine my attitudes and my spirit, the best way I do it, the way I look into the mirror is when I look into the Bible. When, see, when you read the Bible, it reads you. When you examine the scriptures, they examine you. And guess what? It helps you to get better. Matter of fact, one of our values here that I teach our staff at SEC is this, is this, is learn. You know what, what I tell them? In order to learn, that means this. It means you choose to get better in order that you can make it better. And what I want you to know is that, listen, the, everything around you will never get better until you get better. I know you think, well, if they will get better, and if they will get better, or if I had more money, it'd get better. No, 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 no. Until you get better, it will never get better, right? And I thank God for the Bible. Because there's been many times that were, you know, me and Rhonda have been up tight with each other. And I, matter of fact, we got mad. We went to bed mad. Amen. And she's over there sleeping. I'm still mad. I'm still thinking about what I'm going to say to her in the morning. <laughs> I'm taking notes, baby. I mean, like, I, in the middle of the night, I'm waking up. I'm writing down stuff down. I'm going to say to her in the morning. Amen. And so then, we, then, you know what? Morning comes, and the first thing I do is I get up, and I have a conversation with God. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get God on my side, too. I get up, and I start. And I go, first thing, I want him to talk to me. So I read the Bible first. So I open up the Bible, it doesn't matter where I open it up, all of a sudden it starts reading me. And there's been many times where when she woke up, I was going to tell her off. I went down there and I apologized. Why? Because when you read the Bible, it reads you, right? So before you have it out with anybody, you make sure you read the Scripture. Oh, just a thought. Yeah, I know, that's just a thought. So we have to shake off the dust, right? Shake it off. Have you ever wished that somebody would have spoke up to you? Like, like you know... Have you ever, like, went to eat with some people and then had conversation with them after and then only to get home or get wherever you're going or in your car and you look into the mirror and there's a piece of lettuce right over your tooth? Yeah, you ever experienced something like that? You're like, man, man, why wouldn't you say something to me? You know, like, I mean, you let me sit there the whole time with that on my tooth. It looked like I don't have any teeth. You know, have you ever experienced that? You in the upper room, you ever experienced that? Well, you know what? Uh, there was a family member of mine. This is pretty gross, but I'm going to tell you because I can tell you everything. We're friends. <laughs> is that a family member of mine told me that uh, when uh, he took uh, his children tubing with a church group before, and he said, they were, you know, he was going down the river and, and the pastor's wife and, and there are people like that were around him, you know. And so anyways, he said he went, uh, flipped over. His tube flipped over. He went under and said, man, the water just I said, you know how it is, you go on, he went and sucked water up into his sinuses and everything. He said, it was just, I, woke, and I got up gagging. He said, I, but I got back up on my tube and I was just started laughing with them and saying, you know, how great this was and that was pretty fun. And said, about 10 minutes later, I said, he was going down the river and said, he decided, he just wiped his chin like that. He said, when he did something slimy, hit it. And he said, he realized that his, his sinuses had ended up on his chin. Isn't that gross? Don't you, feel, don't, don't, don't you feel embarrassment right now for him? I mean, like, I wouldn't tell you his name right now, but anyways, he might be watching. But, but anyway, he, every time he tells me that story, he's just like, oh, I still cringe. He wished somebody would have said something, right? He wished somebody. And so here's my question to you. Who do you have in your life that can say something to you? You know, let me tell you something. If I, if I come up to you and say hello to you and I got something hanging off my nose, Please be my friend. Please, you, will, you will not offend me. It will help me out. And, and you say, Pastor, you, you got a little something right there. You know, you don't have to say booger. 
just, just tell me, right? Just tell me, because you're going to be my friend, and I'll shake your hand before I even clean it up. Right? <laughs> so, so, so I'm just saying, you know, please, don't, don't you wish you, you had somebody in your life that in, in the personal area of our life to where we got something that we can't see, that we wish, who in your life can tell you about the things that you can't see yourself? And you have to answer that question. So, so I would say this. Let's say our four words again together. Ready? Come on. Shake off the dust. Shake off the dust. Okay, number two is this. Oh, this is so good. So good. This is what I almost called you for this morning. Is this, is reveal your feelings. Reveal your feelings. Most of us have been taught our whole life to suck it up. Would you agree with that? All you in the upper room, have you been taught that? Most of us have been taught, suck it up. But Jesus taught us to shake it off. Shake off the dust. He didn't say suck it up. He said shake it off. You see, when we hold it in, we pay a price. Do you know that research has shown this, psychologists say this, that many of us sitting in this room right now are tired and wore out because we're holding in something that we had not let out. It's not your job that's wearing you out. It's not your children that's wearing you out. It, it, it's, it's the stress, that, it's the feelings that you're holding in that you've never let out. It's wearing you out, it's making you tired. Matter of fact, I would say that I read this this week that uh, repress, repressed feelings make us feel tired and depressed. Matter of fact, feelings need to be shared, felt, and expressed, not held in. And the Bible picks up on this. This is why I love the Bible because before psychologists ever got it right, God got it right. Amen? All right, that's why the Bible is so relevant. Look what it says. In James 5 and 16, he says this. He says, confess your sins to who? Each other. Each other. Okay, I'm going to have to do something now. I want everybody to look at the screen because I want to look you in the eye. And so the only way I can do that is look in the camera. So I want everybody to look at the screen. You in the upper room, I'm looking at you as well. I want to share this with you. Watch this. The Bible says, confess your sins to each other. Now watch this. What that means is, is also confess the feelings that you have about each other as well. Here's the reason. Jesus said, you know, committing adultery is not just doing the act, the sin of it as far as physically carrying it out. He said when we begin to undress a person in our minds that we have sinned. Amen, everybody? Amen. And so when you have feelings of hatred or unforgiveness or somebody's hurt you and you have those feelings in your heart, he says you've got to get it out. You've got to confess it in order to get over it. Amen? Amen? Okay, now watch this. Let's finish the verse. We're going to come back. We're going to put the verse back up. Look what he says. He says, and pray for each other. And let's read what's on the line. You ready? Come on. So God can heal you. In other words, until you confess it, even those feelings, until you get it out, you can never be healed. When you reveal, God heals. Did you hear that? You've got to get it out. We got to get out. Now, watch this. Oh, this is so good. I said this a couple weeks ago, and it was so good, I went and wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. But confession kills the root of bitterness. Confession kills the root of bitterness. So if you, if you keep getting it out, then you're never going to be bitter over it, right? And so you have to, confession kills the root of bitterness. Now, what I want to share with you is this moment is, is so true, is the word intimacy we think it's a sexual term. When we hear the word intimacy, we think it's a sexual term, but it's not a sexual term. Intimacy simply means this, see into me. See into me. That's what intimacy means. It means see into me. In other words, see the deepest part of me, and the only way I let you see into me is tell you how I feel. Did you hear that? 
You're never going to see. Oh, boy, boy, boy. Oh, let me say this. We got to stop telling people what we think because that's only here. And we start telling what we, we start sharing what we feel. That's from here. You see, when you have that relationship that's only going from your mind, it would telling people what you think, it's never the truth. It's when you begin to share how you feel that begins to create intimacy, yes. closeness. Yes. You're never going to be close. Now, men, listen, let me tell you something. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man's kind of man. You know, I'm that guy. And so I don't like this touchy-feely stuff talking. I don't like people to talk about I don't like to. I don't like to say, well, let's have a kumbaya session, you know. <laughs> That's not me. I don't, I don't like that. But I'm going to tell you something. What I've had to do is I've had to learn to get over that kind of thinking and get, stop thinking, stop telling people what I think and start sharing what I feel. And let me tell you something. The only way your relationship is better is that. I never will forget this. Rhonda and I had been married 10 years, and the whole time that we'd been married, we'd only been, matter of fact, it was mostly me telling her what I think because she was so shy, and, and, you know, she wouldn't hardly even speak up at all then. And so she never really said anything a lot. And so I was constantly telling her how I feel. And so one day, I never forget, we've been married 10 years, and our marriage wasn't the best, I would tell you that. And so we, I, can, I could take you to the house that we lived in. We walked into the bedroom of that house, and I was telling her, she was telling me something that she was going to do. And I was telling her 10 ways to do it better. Amen. And she turned around and looked at me for the first time. She didn't tell me what she thought. She told me what she felt. She said, Jeff, she said, I want to tell you that when you do me that, when you keep doing that and you do that to me, you make me feel little. You make me feel little. That was the first moment that we ever were honest with each other. And I'm going to tell you, that's when our marriage started getting better. Because the first time we had intimacy, I saw into her. And you know what? And because of that, things went up. Now, here's what I want to tell you. Watch this. Watch this. Is that you have to be willing to let someone see into you. When you share, when you share how you feel, you let them see into you. Quit telling people what you think. And I want to tell you, from that day forward, and this is what I said to Rhonda. I said, listen, Rhonda... At that time, I, I was around 30. I said, you know what? I said, I've been this way my whole life. And I'd love to tell you that, that I'm going to change instantly and it'll never happen again. But I can't promise you that. But what I'm going to promise you is I'm going to ask God to help me. And I'm going to ask you to help me. And I'm going to say, you know what? If you'll, just, if you'll just work with me, I'll get better. Because I never want you to feel little. I always want you to feel strong. Amen? Amen. Now, see, some of you got to have a conversation. Because you've been speaking from here, and it's never going to get better, baby, until you get to here. Amen? Amen. All right. Amen. I know that's better than you thought it was going to be today, isn't it? Yes, sir. That's good right there. That's right. That's good. Now, look what James says again, James 5 and 16. He says, when a believing person prays, let's read the rest of you. Ready? Come on. Out loud. Great things happen. Great things happen. Now, this is what I want to tell you, is that sometimes we have to, we got to speak, many of us speak to God from here. We try to tell God what we think God wants to hear to make him feel better about us. Oh, did you hear that? Our prayer many times is trying to make God, so God, now I know I've done this, but Lord, you know I'm a good person. <laughs> he knows you. He knows that when you're good and when you're bad, right? And, and so, so anyways, when we pray, we have to vent from here. We have to go from here. And here's the thing. God already knows every thought in your mind. He knows every thought you've already had. So you can go ahead and speak from here and reveal how you feel to God. See that? 
Sometimes when you reveal it to God, you don't have to reveal it to anybody else because sometimes when you speak what you feel to, to God, all of a sudden it's revealed to you that it's your problem and not theirs. Oh, let me talk to you a second. Oh, dear God. This week I was at Chick-fil-A. Oh, dear God. Oh, I needed to ask Carly in the upper room to forgive me right now. And Peyton, please forgive me, all right? They're up there. But I was in Chick-fil-A in the drive through line, and they, use it, they do so good, you know. But there was a car in front of me that wasn't paying attention, and I was in a hurry, and I was in the drive through line. And they, they wouldn't, the cars moved in front of them, and they wouldn't move. I don't know if they was on their phone or what, but I'm telling you, like, I, I just prayed. I was like, God, help these people. And my hand come right down from the sky, right to my horn. And right, 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 right before I gave them that, I mean, it was on its way. And right before then, right, I said, oh, God, I said, God, help them. These people need to get on with it. And I just said that out loud. And I wasn't even thinking about God was listening to me. And I, my hand come right down. And right before I hit that horn, you know, right, you know, that's Jesus chicken at Chick-fil-A. That, that's, that's, and, and, and so right before I hit, hit the horn, I felt something say, Jeff, you're being selfish right now. And I was like, well, Lord, I was just thinking about it. That's all. <laughs> you hear me? I'm glad I vented to him because, listen, at Chick-fil-A, you know, some of you probably were there. Matter of fact, some of the employees come to our church, and some of, two of them are upstairs right now. And I'd hate for the, a lot of them know me there, and I'd hate for them to say, you know, your rude pastor out there blowing his horn. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we, watch this. Here we go. See, this is what I want you to know. It's important, like Rhonda, because we have learned to be intimate, share how we feel, share how we feel, not just what we think. We've got, we're really, really close. I mean, like, she's my best friend. I have other people, other men that I can, that are, are great friends of mine that I can share a lot with. But I want to tell you this. I can't share everything with Rhonda. If I shared every thought that went through my mind with Rhonda, we'd be divorced. Because there's sometimes thoughts about her go through my mind that ain't too nice. Amen. And I know all her thoughts about me are heavenly. <laughs> are, you, aren't you, are you understanding? Are you tracking with me now? Yes, Am I the only one? Amen. Okay, if you said everything you felt to somebody, oh, it'd be rough, right? Amen. And so, but here's what I'm going to tell you. I have a really, what I call a, a BBBF, a best, best, best friend. And I don't know that I can share everything. I mean, I can share everything with and, and I don't know if you have somebody like that, but I'd like to introduce you to my friend, and, and he'll be glad to be yours too. And that's Jesus. Amen. He already knows what I've already thought, Amen. and so I can go ahead and get it out right there. And there's some things I confessed to him I'd never tell nobody else. I mean, I'm like, God, you know, whew, that went through my mind. That was ugly. It was bad. It was sinful. It was wrong. But God, I just, I just need to get this out. And guess what? That's intimacy with God. You will never, see, God will always be very distant from you until you become intimate with him. What does that mean? That means that you let him see into you. And he's already there, but when you express it, all of a sudden you're opening up the channel. And many of you have been missing a relationship with God. You're like, what's wrong with my relationship with God? I'll tell you what's wrong with it, is that you haven't learned intimacy yet because you're still trying to hold him out here. Yes. Come on, somebody. You, you, you're never going to have what you say, well, why don't I get it? I'll tell you why, because you're holding him out here. You, you'll never get it Amen. until you let him in here. Amen? Amen? Boy, that's good right there. Okay, so I have a, have a prayer for you. If you want to make Jesus your very, very best friend, your BBBBF, 
Listen, there's a prayer right here. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. You can read this prayer all day long, and it won't mean nothing if you've got your hand up. But if you open up your heart and you say, God, I really want you, Jesus, I really want you in me, and you mean this, then he'll hear you today. Even if you just read these words, he'll hear you. And what we'd like for you to do, if you don't mind, is just check on the back of this connection card. It says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. Amen, everybody? Okay, number three is this. The third thing is this. Remember, but let's say our four words again before we do that. Everybody in the upper room as well. You ready? Come on. Shake off the dust. Shake off the dust. All right. Now that I've scarred you about Chick-fil-A. Number three is move on with God. Move on with God. I love the Bible because in order to shake off the dust, we got to move on. Look what the Bible says right here. This guy called the Apostle Paul who wrote, he wrote, he wrote the majority of the New Testament, but before he became a Christian, he was killing Christians. So he's got, he's got some baggage. He's got, he's got some regrets. And he's got some remorse. He's got some resentment. But look what he said. Let, let's just read this first statement together. You ready? Come on. But one thing I but one thing I do, what's that next word? Would, would you circle that word? Forgetting. Forgetting what is behind. And what's the next word? Straining. Straining. Circle that. Straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, what? Heavenward in Christ Jesus, all right? So, in order to get over your past or to shake off the dust is that you have to stop trying to get over your past. Too many of you are spending too much time trying to get over your past instead of just moving on. Sometimes you just got to move on, right? In order to get over your past, you got to lean into your future. Until you stop looking back, you can never go forward. Many of you are driving your life like you're looking in the rearview mirror all the time. You see, the windshield's a lot bigger than the rearview mirror for a reason. Amen? Amen. And so you you and I have to quit looking in the mirror to look back. We've got to look in the windshield of life and move forward with God in order to move on in life. We have to shake off the dust. Now, the problem that most of us have is this, is that we don't have a purpose to live for. You see, we say, I don't, I, my life's lacking something because I don't have purpose. Let me just tell you something. Here's how, here's how you have a fulfilled life is you find your purpose, purpose. How do you do that? You quit living for the what you do. Everybody says, well, this is what I do. You say, we say, well, what do you do for a living? Or what do you do at school? What do you do? And we ask for the what. The what does not give you purpose. What gives you purpose in your life is finding the why you do with the what. Until you find the why that you do the what, you'll never, it'll never make sense. The why is much more important than the what. If you, if you, when you find your why, you find your wings, baby. You begin, why do I do what I do? Why, why do I do what I do? That's the question. Why do you do what you do? Why do you do the what? Why do you do the what? And once you find your why, and if God is in the middle of that why, you have a heavenly purpose. And here's the good news about that. If God's not in, if God's not in your what, if God's not in your what, and the, the why doesn't have God in it, let me tell you something. You're going to live your whole life building something, and you're, you're going to find when you get to the end of your life, your ladder was propped against the wrong wall. I met a man this week that, uh, you know, he's a young man, and he said, my goal is just to make money, make money, make money. I want to make money. And you know what? He said, and in that, I end up losing my relationship to my wife. Amen. And you know what, what he, he, he said? He basically was saying to me, my ladder was propped against the wall. What? His what and his why. You know what I'm saying? was different there. It was, it, was the, it was the why, the what, you know, that was different. And so when you find your why, the reason that you do your what, and God's in the middle of it, then it'll last eternally. So let me tell you something. If God's in the why, 
You know, why do we, why, did, why does SEC exist? Why do we exist? Anybody know? To give people what? An opportunity for a better life. That's our why. That's our why. That's why we say, listen, if you will connect with God and his family, your life will get better. If you will grow in God's character, your life will get better. If you will serve in God's church, your life will get better. If you begin to share God's message, your life will get better. So we believe the why is important enough to share. And we believe that there's going to be hope for this next generation that somebody's got to stand up and say, listen, we know that there's a God who loves you. Amen. Let me tell you, listen, our hope is not in another government. It's not in another president. It's not another congressman. It's not another mayor. It's not another city council. Our hope is in Almighty God. And our young people got to know that. Let me tell you something. You can smoke it, dip it, whatever you want to do, drink it, pop it, whatever you want to do, and it will not give you what you're looking for. But when you find your why that God Almighty is in the middle of my life and I'm going to connect with God no matter what, when our young people get that message and they begin to live it out, it changes our country, it changes our community, it changes who they are. Amen. Amen. we got to listen. You gotta find your why because when you find your why, you begin to share your why with God and it affects the people around you and they begin to find their why and they begin to fly. When you find your why, you find your wings. Amen. amen. I know I'm preaching better than you're amen. Watch this. Listen, that's listen, the reason that we're in this room, packed in this room, fanning right now. Why? Because we're making more room in our auditorium, and this room tonight will be packed out with teenagers tonight that will be in here because we said we're not going to sit by and watch the next generation go to hell. We're going to be in church and said, no, we got a why. It ain't about me anymore. It's about them, right? Amen. Amen. We're doing what we're doing because God has called us. We're on a mission together. And when God is in the middle of your why, whatever, you can be a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker. <laughs> and if God's in that why, listen, and when you get to heaven, when you get to heaven, oh my, listen, when you get to heaven, you keep fulfilling your purpose because you was here to bring glory to God. And so it doesn't stop when you die. When you go through the pearly gates, you keep on doing what you've always done on earth. Amen. Oh my goodness. Wow. And so we have, to, we have to learn to move on. So here's what I have a next step for you. Look what it says. It says, I will find my why and make my move with God. Will you do that? Why do you do what you do? And if God's not in the middle of it, then you get God in the center of that. And if you can't get God in the middle of what you're doing, you need to stop it. Boy, it got quiet then. If God is not in the middle of what you're doing, then you're doing the wrong thing, baby. And it's going to mess you up the rest of your life. But when God's in the middle of it, and you can put God in the middle of it, then, friend, it changes your life. Changes your life. You know, Paul said, I want you to, he said, you know, you gotta, you got to stretch. you got to strain forward. In other words, it's not easy to move on, is it? It's not easy to move on. You, have, you know, when I go to the gym, uh, you know, if I can go, there's those weights that weigh two pounds, and I like those because they don't, they don't, I don't have to strain. I'm like, look at me. You know what? They're looking at me going, ha, ha, ha. Look at that little sissy right there. But then when I work my way down those weights and they get a little heavier, then, then I'm over and my arms are shaking. You know, I'm like, oh, straining. And it's bad when you strain with 15 pounds. <laughs> I'm straining, you know. I'm like, oh, boy. But what I want to tell you is this, is that sometimes you've got to strain. You've got to, to make your move, you've got to strain. 
And some of us, the reason we've got to strain forward is because we've got a bad past, right? There's a guy in the Bible, his name's Peter. And you know, it was Simon Peter, actually. It was Jesus, one of his BFFs. He told Jesus, said, hey, I'm going to be with you all the way, Jesus. You know, I'm not, you can count on me. And nobody's going to mess with you as long as I'm here. Peter had his swag on. He's like, I got this, Jesus. I got, he's swagging. You know, he got his swag on. I got, I got you, man. Don't you worry about it. We are cool. We're down with it. But guess what? When things got hard and difficult and when Jesus was arrested, they all ran. And even, even Simon Peter, you know, he, didn't, he ran, but he didn't ran too far. He kept him in eye distance. But guess what? People said, do you know that man? He said, I don't know him. He denied him. And the third time that he denied him, guess what? He was in eye distance, and he said, I don't know him. He was looking Jesus eyeball to eyeball. Denied him right to his face. Amen. Guess what? He lost his swag. Yes. Some of you sitting in this room, you felt you had your swag at one time, but you've lost it. But here's the good news. Watch this. After Jesus died on the cross because he loved us and he rose again, because he did that, watch this. The love of God proved to be stronger than our failure and proved, proved to be stronger than Simon Peter's failure. And watch what happened. After Jesus come back to the earth, you know what? Here comes Peter. He didn't have his swag on anymore. You know what he had on? He had his limp on. He's walking up Jesus with a limp. Amen. Because he was broken. Yes. And I want to tell you this. It was the love of God that reopened the door of a new opportunity for Simon Peter. Listen. Three to four weeks later, after, after, he, after he lost his swag and he's walking with his lamp, three to four weeks later, guess what? He's the first one to get up and preach the gospel, yes. and 3,000 people get saved. Amen. I'm telling you that the love of God is your new opportunity. If you want to move forward, you've got to embrace the love of God and that his love, he doesn't, listen, you look better to God with, with your lamp than you do your swag. Amen. He likes you better that you're limping because now you know what? You've got rid of you and you've got to have him. Amen. So I want to challenge you today. If you're going to shake off the dust, then today I declare in the name of Jesus that we have to embrace the love of God and let the love of God open up the door for opportunities for us to move forward. Amen? Now, would you stand with me right now? All of you in the upper room as well. Listen, it's not about your swag. It's about your limp. Because your limp says, I need you. I need God. I need your love. And right now today, watch this. Right now is the day that you open up your heart. And you begin to open up your arms and you say, God, I need your love to open up the opportunity that I can move forward. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.